Welcome back to the latest episode of Inside Columbia Basketball. This week, we decided to switch the format a little bit and give you a special treat. On Tuesday, uh, Columbia hosted the annual fireside chat with basketball coaches Megan Griffith and Jim Engels at Arts and Crafts Beer Parlor. It was hosted by uh, Lance Meadow. It was a great event. Over 50 people attended. We recorded the conversation uh, Q&A with, with both coaches as they gear up for Ivy League play this weekend. That's right, Mike. Both teams will be at Cornell this weekend, a doubleheader in Ithaca. The women play at 1 o'clock. The men play at 4 o'clock. Next weekend, both teams are home for the first time. Again against Cornell, a doubleheader at 4 and 7. But without any further ado, let's send it over to Lance at Arts and Crafts Beer Parlor at Tuesday night's Fireside Chat. If uh, I get everybody's attention, please. want to... Uh, Thank everybody for coming. If uh, you can slowly take your seats, we're about to get started. We uh, want to welcome you to the third annual Fireside Chat as we'll preview the upcoming Ivy League season. But before we get the festivities started, I want to introduce the Director of Intercollegiate Athletics here at Columbia, Peter Pilling. Peter? Awesome. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate that. This is, a, this is a tough crowd right here in front. Uh, anyway, I wanted to welcome everybody out. Thank you very much for coming. Appreciate all your great support for both our women's and men's basketball programs. Uh, grateful for uh, Megan and Jim's leadership with our teams. We've, uh, we've been off to a good start. I know that we've had a couple of good quality wins recently and uh, a couple tough battles right down to the stretch. I know that uh, I was at the Boston College game for the men's side and then also at Rutgers and two winnable games in the last minute. And I saw where Rutgers beat Ohio State the other night and Megan had a great win over Mercer down in Atlanta. Mercer had won 30 games last year. So there's a lot of great things going on with both of these programs. We appreciate all your support. Just a couple of reminders. Uh, I hope everybody has ESPN Plus. You can see all of our contests uh, for all the athletic department on the air. I'd encourage everybody, too, to make sure you download our new app. You can follow all the coverage for our sports teams there. And then we look forward to seeing all of you at games. The men's and women's teams are on the road at Cornell, but we'll start Ivy League action at home in the following week. So, again, on behalf of the athletic department and all our staff, we want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. Enjoy the evening and uh, take it easy on our coaches. Will you please? Thanks. All right, Lance, back to you. All right, we can call over both coaches. Get started here. Jim Engels and Megan Griffith. Appreciate both of you being on hand here today. We're going to recap the Ivy League season. We're going to recap non-conference play. We'll get into a variety of different topics. Plus, we're going to get to a lot of the questions that you filled out. We'll try to tackle as many as possible over the allotted time. So I think a good place to start is to look back at non-conference play for both the Columbia men's and women's basketball teams. And momentum is a big storyline entering Ivy League play. Both teams won both of their games in 2019. So, Coach Angles, let's start with you. What was your biggest takeaway from non-conference play, and what are you looking most forward to as you get set for conference play here? Uh, well, I thought the guys, we, I thought we played a pretty competitive non-conference schedule. I thought the, uh, you know, some of the games against, uh, I thought over at Fordham, I thought the tournament was good for us. You know, played three games in three days. Um, you know, playing against some of the other teams from the ACC and the, the Big Ten. And um, I thought the guys did a good job of competing. And, um, you know, obviously, a lot of that stuff is to build for the conference season, and you know we're looking forward to getting getting up, you know, getting together with uh, Cornell this Saturday. Coach Griffith, big win over Mercer, your last one in non-conference play. Prior to that, uh, victory over Hampton. What was some of your takeaways from non-conference play? 
Uh, similar to Jim, I thought we had a pretty challenging non-conference, a little different than our previous year when we played, I think it was seven postseason teams, which was pretty ridiculous. But, um, you know, with the absence of a player like Camille Zimmerman um, coming in with a young team, we have 11 underclassmen. I think our average age is 19. And, um, you know, it was, it was great because we had a lot of close games and we just kept asking our players to trust each other, trust our process and, and our system. And I think coming into 2019, we really grew up a little bit and, uh, you know, we're hitting a good stride here going into conference. So it was just having them understand they can weather a storm together uh, and come out better on the other side. Well, you mentioned the nucleus of this team is extremely young, and the freshman class has done a lot of the heavy lifting in non-conference play. How impressed have you been, given the fact that you leaned a lot on Camille Zimmerman last season, that the youngsters have come in, specifically the first-year players, and have immediately contributed? Uh, I don't know if impressed is the word. I, it was sort of what we hoped for them, you know, and I, I am, I mean, I'm impressed with their performances and how they've handled it, and I, but I think the main thing is, is they, they knew that there was no time to wait, and they've come in and they've really taken this team on and taken on the personality that we want this team to be, which to me is the most important thing. So I'm, I'm psyched for them, and I'm psyched where we're headed, um, and, you know, they're a lot of fun to watch. Sienna Durr, top five in the Ivy League in scoring in terms of some individual accolades for the women's team. She's also tied for first place in field goal percentage. Michaela Markham leads the Ivy League in assists per game and is second in assists to turnover ratio. And, and that's a statistic to me, Coach, that jumps off the page. When you have a freshman come in, play that point guard position, and to have command of the offense, what has jumped out to you about Michaela Markham's play? Uh, Michaela's one of the most relentless workers I've ever recruited and seen. She's from the shore. That means anything to anyone. Shore players are pretty tough and known for that. And recruiting Michaela, she actually is who we started the class with her. She committed to me in November of her junior year, I think. And to know that um, and to have that trust between her and I and the staff was huge because we knew we could build something from there. So Michaela's come in right away, and she's taken so much pressure off of a Riley Casey, for instance, that you're starting to see her numbers um, really jump up, and they're, and they're learning how to play together. So, you know, it's great for our future. It's great for right now. And, you know, she's got a lot to learn still, but we're really happy with where she's at right now. And speaking of young players, Coach Engels, Gabe Stefanini, in his second year has certainly emerged and has had to do a lot of the heavy lifting as he's now taken over point guard duties. You know, what has his versatility done for your team as you get set for conference play? Uh, well, you know, he's, uh, it's been a tough adjustment for him. You know, he was really probably more suited to the two guard, but um, when Mike went down, he had to move over and he's, I think he's done a good job adjusting and um, two guard. Yeah, um, adjusting. <laughs> he's adjusting to his role. So I think he's done a good job of keeping everybody involved. And he's at the top of the Ivy League in terms of assists and steals. His energy, what does that do for the overall production of this team? Uh, you know, he plays really hard. And um, he's, he, you know, he has a, a great passion for the game. And I think it comes out when he plays. And, you know, I think we can certainly play off that. The other thing that, to me, has jumped off the page in non-conference play, Coach, is the big guys and how you've gotten contributions out of Patrick Tepay, Randy Brumont, Ike Nwike, one of your incoming freshmen. Rebounding, I know, was a big emphasis for your team entering this season. How impressed have you been in terms of the ability of those three to chip in and specifically that category? Uh, those guys have done a good job. You know, um, Randy, uh, I'm going to say nice things about Randy because his dad's here. So. <laughs> Randy's been tremendous. He has a wonderful family. I really like <laughs> Got to add the icing to the cake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little shout out to the Brumont family. 
Uh, no, but he's, they've been great. Uh, you know, Pat's, I think, the natural progression. You know, um, when you come in, he went from uh, a freshman, and now he's in his third year, and I think he's especially stepped up since Mike's gone down. We've been playing a little bit more inside out than we normally have. Um, you know, Ike had to step in when Pat was hurt from his first game, and to be a freshman and average, get 17 and 7 in your first game shows his talent level. And uh, but you know, he's still a freshman, and these guys are still improving every day. So I'm, I've been happy with their progress. And Patrick's coming off his first career double double in the victory over Elmira. Your team overall leads the Ivy League in offensive rebounding. The second chance opportunities. What has that done for your offense? Uh, yeah, I mean, we we're certainly looking. We shoot the ball so well, so the more possessions we can get, it obviously helps our offense. And the guys work hard, so they've been really they've been really battling pretty well on the on the glass. In terms of the offensive production for the women's team, Coach Griffith, as you get into Ivy League play, what is the keys that you're looking out of your offense as you really get into this round-robin type of style of play where really parity seems to overrule the Ivy League on both the men's and the women's side? Uh, you know, we want to play fast and we want to share the ball. Those are two things that we try to impress upon our team every day uh, is, is getting up and down and celebrating one another when we do that and, and scoring the way that we want to. You know, this is a team when you're young, uh, it's, you don't want to paralyze them and you don't want them to feel like they have all this to remember. So we want them to play free and, and really dial into defense so that we can play fast. And we talked about the freshman with you earlier. I think another player that has jumped out is Riley Casey, one of your returning players. Mm -hmm. He's had over 50 points combined in the last two games, leads the Ivy League in three-point field goal percentage at 39. What have you seen out of her development in year two? Uh, I think Riley's really matured on the floor just as having a little bit more command of the game. It was tough. Riley played out of position for us last year. She had to run the point guard and played 30-plus minutes as a freshman. Um, you know, we just we needed that from her. And for her to have that background coming into this year, shifting more to the two guard and, and playing her natural position, uh, Michaela has taken so much pressure off of her. And this is what we hoped what would happen, is that they'd be able to play alongside one another and figure out how to share the ball so that, you know, Riley can kind of naturally shift between the two and the one. Um, and it's been great for her. Um, you know, we're all really proud of her and what, and what she's done. And, um, you know, I think she's really hungry. You know, she, the neat thing is, is that having gone through that with so much game and minute experience already, she's helping our freshmen understand what it means to go through an Ivy gauntlet. And Riley Casey was named Metropolitan Basketball Writers Association Co-Player of the Week. You also had Sienna Durr, U.S. Basketball Writers Association Freshman of the Week. The fact that this young nucleus is getting some national accolades. What has that done for the overall program? Well, I think it's instilled a lot of confidence in them because they're being rewarded for the effort that they're giving. Um, to me also, it's, you know, we try to make sure that they stay humble with that and understand that, you know, that they're sharing this, these honors because of their teammates. And, and I think they understand that. This is a group of young women that um, have really gotten close and learned how to respect one another, how to play together, uh, and how to play Columbia women's basketball style. So it's it's great for our program, um, and you know our our only hope as a staff is that just keeps them hungry. We were talking about the injury to Mike Smith earlier, Coach Angles, and the adjustment that Gabe Stefanini had to make. The fact that this team is still up there in assists per game and ball distribution is something that has been very productive. What does that say about your team and how they've adjusted to an injury to such a notable player? You know, I think just it's a natural, it happens in sports. You know, um, kids get hurt, next guy steps up, and uh, you got to keep true to what you guys are trying to accomplish. And I think the guys have done a good job with that. And, um, you know, entering the conference now, it'll definitely be a different uh, challenges now, especially with some of our younger guys uh, understanding the competitiveness that the conference has. And 
Um, so I've been really happy with the way the guys have continued to stay with what we're trying to do. How much has non-conference play, you never want to see a player go down, but how much did the luxury of non-conference play give you an opportunity to tinker with the lineup and get the rotations in order for Ivy League play once Mike went down? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I, I think just we had to move some, we had to move some people around a little bit, um, but we've sort of tried, we've stayed with pretty consistent rotation and, um, you know, I think that probably bodes a little bit towards how we've played offensively, we've, you know, by continually sharing the ball. So I, I don't know if we've really changed a lot of the rotations around. It's been more just trying to be consistent. Well, Quinton Adlish, who has been a prolific scorer for you last season, already has nearly 45 threes, had 72 last year. The fact that he's coming off the bench this season, what does that do for your rotation and for your offense? Uh, you know, it's, it's great to have him. You know, you, know you're, you know what you're getting when he comes off the bench, and he's, uh, he's certainly been very consistent with his effort. Um, you know, he plays so hard, and he's, he's got a toughness to him. So, um, you know, I thought he played really well against Elmira, especially. It's one of the best games he's played. Um, you know, he's, just, he's been, very, been a very good leader for us. I think teams are going to think twice before leaving them wide open based on what we saw out of Elmira and the rest of non-conference play. Coach Griffith, Jim Engels just talked about his rotation. You were experimenting with your rotation early in the season given the young nucleus. Are you at the point now that you feel you know this team backwards and forwards well in terms of what your depth provides you? Uh, I, think, I think we're still learning a little bit about our younger players uh, and just how much you can give them, but we feel way more confident in what we can get from certain players and who plays well together. I think that's the main thing is that, you know, we came together after the, you know, well, I guess right when the new year started as a staff and we realized the combinations and the also presence of just like having control over the game really mattered when we had all these young players on the court. So um, we feel good about it. And, you know, that's kind of shown in the last two games that, you know, we're pretty solid in, in who we want to play together and, and, uh, and do what we're trying to do. And speaking of the last two games, you, coming off a victory over Mercer. So Mercer won 30 games last year, 14-0 in conference play out of the Southern Conference. They made the NCAA tournament. It's easy to put all the pressure on one game, but how big was that victory overall moving forward here? Uh, Mercer's probably the best win in our program history, which kind of sounds funny, but it, it, it actually was. Just because I've been in the program, I know the program in and out. And, um, you know, a team like Buffalo, who we played last year at home and lost in the last two seconds of the game, which was a heartbreaker, that would have been another win like that. Um, and now Mercer's a mid-major team. So people were like, oh, is that really your program win? I'm, to me, that's a really great program. That's a storied program. That's a great coach. They run their stuff well. They have good players year after year, and they don't beat themselves. So for us, coming off that win with that confidence and making sure that we can carry that over into conference play will be really big for our girls. And the, the reaction that they had and the locked-in mentality they had going into the game, I thought was phenomenal, and we were really proud of that. Well, and on a related note, one of the difficulties in scheduling games in late December and early January, and this is really geared towards both of you, is to find competitive games given the fact that most other conferences are already in the midst of their conference play, unlike the Ivy League, which starts a little bit later. So we'll start with you, Coach Griffith. How challenging is it, and the fact that you get a team like Mercer, what that does to really open things up at the start of Ivy League play? Yeah, uh, scheduling Mercer wasn't, you know, wasn't probably our first choice for that game. We actually had a different game scheduled, and Mercer and I, uh, Mercer and I, Mercer, both of us, we actually had a team, two teams dropped us from the same conference because they added a game. So we got put in touch. Hey, let's do this. Great. So, you know, looking from last year to this year, I don't think, 
I thought this was a guaranteed win at all. I thought this was going to be a really hard game and probably the toughest one on our non-conference schedule. Um, so now that we're here and, and we've had that opportunity, uh, it was great. But, you know, as Jim experiences, it's really hard to get opponents in this time where Princeton's in finals and we have a delay in our games. Um, that's going to change, though, in 2020. So that's exciting for all of us, and hopefully <laughs> the league will shift a little bit. But uh, until then, you know, you just got to keep them focused and hungry and, and make sure you're doing what, um, you know, you have to take care of. Well, and on that topic, Coach Engels, you played Binghamton, a big buzzer beater for Gabe Stephanie, and then you had Elmira. So how much do you relate to what Megan Griffith goes through in terms of scheduling games around this time of the year? It's a very big challenge. Um, so it's you, you sort of uh, you reach out to as many people as possible and you see where you can fit fit guys in and um, you know I just we were able to get Binghamton hopefully we'll be able to play them at, after the uh, holiday next year at home and then we'll see what we have to do with the, the rest of the schedule. Closing out games is so important, especially given how competitive the Ivy League is. The victory over Binghamton, where Gabe Stefanini had the game-winner runner, what can that do from a confidence standpoint as you get set to enter Ivy League play? I, I was just happy for Gabe. I thought he did, you know, he, he sort of takes that shot a lot in practice, so it was, it was good to see him, uh, you know, see him uh, finish with, the, with that basket. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, he's, he did a good job. I think, obviously, momentum is a big thing in sports, and... You know, hopefully that can help us a little bit down the road here. Well, speaking of Ivy League play, let's not beat around the bush. It starts this Saturday as both of your teams are going on the road to open things up in Ithaca at Cornell. The nice four-hour trip that I'm sure the two of you are very much looking forward to. But from an X's and O's standpoint, there is a game to be played. Coach Engels, as you get set for Cornell, what exactly jumps out to you about that team? And, you know, how excited are you looking to uh, really start up conference play here? Uh, Ithaca in – well, I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> I didn't supposed, want to open up Pandora's supposed box. Supposed to snow, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anybody saw the uh, weather. Well, I, I, I did. I, I was giving you sort of a layup. I didn't know if you were going to bite on that one. So. Yeah, yeah I, don't know how it, I don't know how it would have been taken with this crowd. Yeah, um, exactly. Understandable. Yeah. You know, it's been a long – to be honest with you, this, since we played Binghamton, uh, it's almost – the season has really slowed down for us because we've only played three games in three weeks. So Had it's, a tour in New York State. Yeah, yeah. So um, we've gotten all the upstate teams. Um, so it's, uh, you know, we're just looking forward. I know the guys are really excited to get the conference going. And how about you, Coach uh, Griffith? Same. I mean, that's the energy for them right now is like, they're dying. They're chomping to play another game right now. So it's, uh, yeah, we're pretty excited for the weekend. I know this is nothing new, and I'm sure for Columbia fans, but it is unique. Every year you open up with the back-to-back -back Cornell games, and you know them, they know you. What are the challenges when you play the same team in such a close proximity right off the top of the season, Coach Engels? Um, you know, I think once when you're talking about two games in two weeks, you know, obviously it, it affords itself a lot of prep time. Um, you know, I think... Once you play that first game, you, you can see a little bit of the things, obviously, that you need to work on from an adjustment standpoint. But you got to continue to get focused on just Cornell. You forget about the rest of the league. So you just try to focus on – you try to keep Cornell out in your vision, but you want to make sure everybody else is kept out there as well. And how about you, uh, Coach Rubin? Uh, I agree with Jim. I think you can get obsessed a little bit with Cornell in these two weeks, <laughs> and you're just like – uh, you know, because in starting the league and starting conference play, it's it's really important. Uh, Jim talked a lot about momentum earlier, and having momentum early, I think, is is huge for you going into the rest of the you know the back-to-backs. 
Um, so yeah, it's uh, you want to keep perspective though. I think Jim hit that pretty hard, which is you know just making sure that we understand there's these back-to-backs coming up, and you know we see Penn and Princeton the next weekend. And both of your teams in non-conference play to that point have t- tested with back-to-back games because you had similar structures in non-conference play. So it's not as if you're entering uncharted territory with respect to that. Well, earlier I said we gave out cards. A lot of you have written down questions. So let's open it up to the field as we now enter the fan portion of the program. So the first question is, and this is geared towards both of you, who has been your breakout player this year? Let's start with you, Coach Griffin. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, I would say from a overall perspective, in terms of all 13 games we've played, I would say Sienna Durr, our freshman forward. Uh, she has been quite exceptional uh, in a lot of ways. The kid is extremely athletic. Um, she, I mean, to be a freshman leading the Ivy League in field goal percentage is pretty, pretty great. Um, and she's been Rookie of the Week three times, and one of those times she was Co-Player of the Week. Um, and also, you know, USWBA national rookie of the week so i would say she's been pretty um staple a staple for us but i would say as of late and especially in 2019 i mean riley casey scored 55 points in two games so so that's pretty that's pretty good not too shabby (laughs) yeah so uh you know i think you know it's shifting a little bit but it's good that's when good teams have more than one good player is there anyone that comes to mind for you coach angles in terms of a breakout or somebody that's really developed over the course of this season uh you know i i think if um, I think Pat Taipei has really stepped up and played well, and I think Randy is not just because his dad's here, but I think Randy has actually played well as, as well. Well, I'll echo your sentiments on the Randy front as we're piling on for the Brumont family. Seven games, by the way, last year he played, and, and you and I have discussed this, but last year was almost like a redshirt year for him. So how much of a step has that been this year that he's been heavily involved in the rotation? I... Uh, you know, I think he's he was prepared. I thought last year helped prepare him for you know practice and, and some of the game experience he did get. But uh, from a lifting standpoint, he got a lot bigger, and um, you know the speed of the game slows down when you get a little bit older. So his you know I thought his adjustment last year was normal, and now he's he's showing his his talent, and um, you know he's he's got a, a I think a, a real good chance to be very good over, as he gets as he gets even older. All right, let's go to the next question here as I try to multitask with 70 million different pages. In what area or work respect to which skill has the team improved most since the first day of practice? So what, what area of the team do you feel has made the biggest jump, Coach Angles, from the first day of practice when you first started getting going? Um, you, know, I, uh, you know, I think we've shared the ball extremely well this year. Um, I think that's... Don't worry about that. It's a turnover. Well, right. uh, well that'll be a uh, sacrifice for me, yes. The, the box score will not reflect very well. I'm talking yeah. about assists and you're yeah, turning the ball exactly. over. So, per, we're we're uh, you know, uh, synonymous with one another on the same subject, apparently, yeah. So I think we've, you know, I think assists have been a really good focal point for us offensively, and I think defensively we've played extremely hard. And how about on the uh, women's side? Passing. <laughs> that's been uh, <laughs> one that's helped a lot. You know, it sounds really simple, but, yeah. you know, we always talk about uh, how you know you need to be to be a good college, ba- college basketball team. Multiple players need to be able to pass well. And we play a very versatile offense. Um, also, I would say second to that is defensively, um, we've gotten tr- like a lot better. You know, coming from high school and starting three to four freshmen, uh, you can have some nights where you're just like pulling your hair out. And um, you know, the, the, the game is slowing down. As Jim says, as you get older, the game slows down. And um, it's been good to see that growth. All right, the next question is, how do you feel the new additions to your team 
are transitioning to the level of play that the Ivy League brings to the table. So let's start with you, Coach Griffith. The new players, how they've been transitioning. Uh, I would say pretty well, <laughs> uh, considering we start three freshmen, a sophomore, and a junior. Um, it's it's fun to see. They're different than the rest of our league. I don't think we play like anybody else in our league. Uh, I want to be fast, and I want us to be the most athletic team in the league. Um, now, with that, you have to really slow the game down and break down a lot of skill, and that's what our staff does really well. You know, we really focus on development. So um, I think it's going to transition well. I think the important thing is is for our team to make sure that they understand the level of scouting that that takes place when you're in conference. And so to me, that's um, we've really tried to shift gears into that after the new year when they haven't been in school, for them to understand how much you have to know your opponent. And you talked about a lot of the young players, Sienna Durham, Michaela Markham. On your side, Coach, you've got Ike Nwike and uh, Maka Ellis, who's somebody that we haven't really brought up, You know, two players that have been very much involved in the rotation thus far. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a big adjustment for them. Uh, you know, conference play is definitely, uh, it's a little bit different. So I think they've gotten a lot of good experience in the non-conference. And, um, you know, Saturday, uh, you know, they, they're both very tough kids. So I think they'll, they'll show up pretty well. All right, let's go to the next one. This comes from our youngest fan, Sebastian, right here. We start them young in this day and age in the Ivy League basketball terrain. All right, which do you think is your best game thus far that you've had this season, Coach Engels? Which game jumps out to you in non-conference play? Um, I, I think the, the most fun we had was playing in Madison Square Garden. Um, I thought that was a lot of fun. I thought it was, um, you know, once, once the game ended, you really didn't understand. You didn't really. I've I've grown up in New York, so Madison Square Garden is like a bucket list thing for me. But once the game ended and you sort of had an an opportunity to step away from it, I thought the kids were just ecstatic. They loved it and they really enjoyed the experience. And that was the victory over Iona. Certainly one of the most impressive games that you've had so far in non-conference play. And how about you, Coach Griffith? Is there a game that jumps out to you? Yeah, our game down at Mercer by by far. You know, <laughs> to, <laughs> that was that was a fun one. We had, we had a lot of fun in the locker room after that. Who do you see as your toughest Ivy opponent as you get set for conference play? Let's start with you, Coach Griffith. Uh, uh, the way things are shaking out right now and from the very limited amount that I've seen of the rest of the league, I would say Penn. Um, I think Princeton's dangerous, and I think Harvard's dangerous. I think Yale's dangerous. I th you know, it's tough. It's really hard to say. Until we start playing these teams and start seeing a little bit more, Penn and Princeton already went head-to-head, -head, so we've gotten a preview of that. And Penn came out on top, um, and you know they had the returning rookie of the year and some kids that can really shoot it. So uh, we'll see. But I would say right now, uh, you know, they're they're looking to be pretty tough. And on the men's side, um, you know, they're all very tough. Say <laughs> <laughs> second that. That's that's the perfect answer. All right. Well, as we wrap up here, just a big picture perspective. What is your outlook of the league this year? As I alluded to earlier. Everybody tends to beat each other up. Parity, to me, is the one word that comes to mind. But, but Coach Angles, as you start conference play, how wide open is this league? How challenging is it? How would you go about describing it as you get set to start? Uh, it's, you know, it's been very competitive. You know, I think a lot of teams have played really well. The league's had some really good wins. Um, so I think some people are running, you know, coming into the conference with a lot of, comp with, with a lot of confidence. And um, you know, I think there is probably a lot of parity. And, you know, once we get into the conference, things sort of change. And um, so we're, you know, it's, it should be a big challenge, not, not only for us, but for everybody. And how about you, Coach Griffith, in terms of your outlook for the league? Yeah, I think, as Jim said, confident and humble. You know, for us, you know, you can't, with a young team, you just don't want to get 
feeling too good about yourself. You want to feel good about yourself, but you got to know that there's a lot of work to be done. So. All right, well, I know we're all very excited for the start of conference play, which is this Saturday in Ithaca at Cornell. Then two Saturdays, it will then be the home contest against Cornell. That's January 26th. Both games will be on ESPN+. Plus. Both games will be on SNY, for those of you in the local New York metropolitan area. And we want to thank, by the way, the outlet here, Arts and Crafts Beer Parlor, for hosting this lovely evening. And thank you all for coming. Enjoy the rest of your night. All right, and that's the end of this week's episode. We'd like to thank you all for listening, and we're glad we got to bring you inside Arts and Crafts Beer Parlor for that special event. We want to remind you that tickets for all Columbia men's and women's basketball games can be purchased by visiting www.gocolumbialions.com tickets or by calling 888-LIONS-11. And a reminder, ESPN Plus is the home for all things Columbia basketball. To sign up, visit www.espnplus.com subscriptions start at $4.99 per month or $49.99 annually. And a reminder that both of next week's games against Cornell and Levy and Jim will be aired live on SNY. So if you can't get to the game, uh, tune into SNY and catch all the Columbia action. Thanks again for listening. For Mike, I'm Kyle. Until next week, 